story of a Jewish family. A poor man lived with his wife and six children in a very small one-room house. They were always getting in each other's way, and there was so little space that they could hardly breathe. Finally, the man could stand it no more. He went to his wife and said, uh, what are we going to do? Well, she said, just go and talk to the rabbi. Well, after arguing for a while, he went. The rabbi greeted him and said, I see something is troubling you. Whatever it is, you can tell me. So the poor man told the rabbi how miserable things were at home with him, his wife, the six children, all eating and living and sleeping in one room. The poor man told the rabbi, we're even starting to yell and fight. Life couldn't get worse. The rabbi thought very deeply about the poor man's problem. Then he said, do exactly as I tell you and things will get better. Do you promise you will? The man said, I promise. The rabbi then asked the poor man a strange question. Do you own any animals? Yes, he said. I have one cow, one goat, and some chickens. Good, said the rabbi. When you get home, take all the animals into the house to live with you. The poor man was astonished to hear this advice from the rabbi, but he had promised to do exactly what he said. So he went home, took all the farm animals into his tiny one-room house. The next day, The poor man ran back to see the rabbi. What have you done to me, rabbi, he cried. It's awful. I did exactly what you told me, and the animals are all over the house. Rabbi, help me. The rabbi listened and said calmly, Now go home and take the chickens back outside. The poor man did just as the rabbi said, but hurried again the next day. The chickens are gone, but rabbi, the goat... He moaned, the goat is smashing up all the furniture and eating everything in sight. The good rabbi said, well, then you must go home and remove the goat, and may God bless you. So the poor man went home and took the goat outside. But he ran back again to see the rabbi crying and wailing, what a nightmare you have brought to my house, rabbi. With a cow, it's like living in a barn. Can human beings live with an animal like this? The rabbi listened sweetly. And then he said, my friend, you are right. May God bless you. Go home now and take the cow out of your house. The poor man went quickly home and took the cow out of his house. The next day he came running back to the rabbi. Oh, rabbi, he said with a big smile on his face, we have such a good life now. The animals are all out of the house. The house is so quiet. We've got room to spare. What a joy. What a joy. Gratitude. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Hopefully no animals in the house. We had a pigeon at our house. Yeah, true story. My cousin's a teacher. She has a pet pigeon. It was in a cage, and I don't know why. Why would you have a pet pigeon? I don't know. We've got plenty up here. I told her I'd give her some more, but uh, Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for the season of Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that we in, in the States here have a time space set apart, a holiday, don't have to work. You can get together with your friends. You can do things. I'm thankful for pies. I love pies. Nothing beats a good pecan pie. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes. Maybe rhubarb. I love getting together with family, with, with, with friends, um, food, just remembering all of the things to be thankful for. Uh, it's a great time, not having to work. And, uh, and yet I love Thanksgiving 
for more than that. Because Thanksgiving reminds me, it calls me back, it, it, it invites me again into the realization that being thankful doesn't just happen once a year. But rather, it's an invitation for me to again remember that I am on a journey in the way of gratefulness, on the way of gratitude. That Thanksgiving doesn't happen in a season in a holiday, but Thanksgiving is a way of the heart. It's a way of life. You, you remember, don't you? You remember the first, the first times, well, you remember when you, when you got saved, right? You remember when you first accepted the gift of salvation? Do you remember when you were justified? It's all kind of church talk, I know. Do you remember when you first caught a glimpse of God? Do you remember when you first became aware of how great and how good this God was? And along with that picture, you saw in that, in that glimpse of God, you saw a reflection of yourself. And you saw inside of you that there was some goodness there. There was a reflection of God's character there. And there was, there was desires there to love and to be loved and to be kind and compassionate. But you also saw very clearly there the darkness. You saw the deep, twisted, confused, wounded places in your life. The places that fomented hatred. That gave you a proclivity to lie. Or to be judgmental or critical. To be hurtful. You saw that clearly when you saw that picture of God. But in the midst of that, you saw a God whose love was far greater, far bigger than whatever was inside of you. Far more encompassing. And his offer of forgiveness was held out freely. And you began to understand the meaning of grace. Do you remember that? I imagine that's why you're here today. Either that or family drug you because it was Thanksgiving. But this picture of a God who gives love freely and openly and amazingly to sinful people, there is no other response than that of gratitude. Would you agree? There is no other response than that of gratitude. How a God could love me like all get out. That's in the King James, actually, like, like all get out. How, how could a God do that? My response is gratitude. You know, it's, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to walk in the way of gratitude to live your life as a response in gratitude. And see, when Jesus invites you, because as Christians we're followers of Jesus, when we follow Jesus, we find that Jesus is walking along this road ahead of us. We find that he lives his life in gratitude to God and in gratitude for life. He responds to this, to this, to this idea of love. 
And he invites us to live in response, not in reaction. Because when we choose to walk in the way of gratitude, we're choosing to live differently. No longer do we have to react to the circumstances and situations and people and stresses and anxieties and, and things all around us that pull us one direction or another, that rip us apart. But instead, he invites us to live in response to what he has done, to make that the center, the core of who we are the decisions that we make, the way that we talk, the way that we live. It's the way of gratitude. Favorite text of many of you is Romans 5.8, where Paul, he says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You may forget probably most of what I'm going to say this morning you won't forget the children's story. I can forget that. That's the children's story. While we are still sinners, Jesus hanging on the cross. Nothing we did deserved that kind of love. Nothing we didn't do deserves that kind of love. Before, while we were still helpless, it says in the couple of verses before, that kind of love It awakens a gratitude. I love this quote by Brennan Manning. Gratitude arises from the lived perception, evaluation, and acceptance of all of life as grace, an undeserved and unearned gift from the Father's hand, grace. So what does life look like when we choose the way of gratitude? Really simply, we could spend... A lot of time talking about this. Really simply, I want to to propose two different things. First of all, when we choose the way of gratitude, we're choosing a life that is inclusive. It includes, not excludes. It pulls things together. It doesn't divide them up. Circumstances, situations, people, everything that you encounter in your life, the way of gratitude reaches out and it embraces it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. The way of gratitude is inclusive. Paul, he calls us to this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but skimming across, I can, I can do that pretty quickly. But if I really sit down and think about this verse, it challenges me. Give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know, it'd be pretty hard to to say thank you, God, for allowing me to tumble down the hill and get all banged up and bruised. It's pretty hard for me. It's good for me to, when I, my wife gives me a kiss on the cheek and she makes dinner for me. Thank you, God, thank you. It's easy. It's not so easy when you lose a child at birth. I can't say thank you to God for when I find out that my friend has cancer. I don't feel thankful when a family member dies. I don't feel thankful for being abused or for being neglected. I don't feel thankful when my husband leaves me. I don't feel thankful when my wife decides to cheat. 
I hope by now that you caught on none of these things have happened to me. <laughs> Just to make that clear. But, but there are some circumstances, Paul, there are some circumstances when I don't want to say thank you. I don't want to say thank you, God, for this. Could it be that I'm reading this passage wrong? Or not deep enough? Could it be when Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus? That he means that in the darkest circumstances, in the most difficult situations in life, the most painful places, that I can still choose to walk in the way of gratitude. That even though thank you is the farthest from my mind and from my lips, that I can still choose to cling to, to hold on to the realization that my God is bigger than any circumstance I'm facing. That my God's love for me is stronger than anything that can be happening in my life. And I will choose to walk in gratitude to God. Now, I don't know what's going on in your lives. I don't know what's going on with all of these things, God. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. But I choose to walk to follow you, Jesus, in this way of gratitude. It's inclusive when we walk along this road. It's inclusive. I love this quote here. When unfortunate things happen in our lives, there are two possible results. One possibility is mental unrest, anxiety, fear, doubt, frustration, and eventually depression. And in the worst case, even suicide. That's one way. The other possibility is that because of the tragic experience, you become more realistic. You become closer to reality. With the power of investigation, the tragic experience may make you stronger and increase your self-confidence and self-reliance. The unfortunate event can be a source of inner strength. And I think God has given the Dalai Lama wisdom, and I, f I hear wisdom in these words. But I think, and it's, and it's my hope that the Dalai Lama would come to encounter the Jesus Christ that I know, but I think that, that when we choose to walk the path of gratitude, we are choosing we are choosing to embrace all of the realities that happen in our lives and to somehow see the hand of God in the midst. The, re the way of gratitude, the second thing that must accompany this, to be inclusive, there must be trust. There's no way that you and I can, can have this frame of mind if we don't have a relationship with this God. There's no way. Because trust, gratitude only comes from trust, and trust, as you know, only comes from experience. Have you experienced this, God? It's, um, it's a well-known fact that trust takes time. It takes experience. It takes trusting. And when we're choosing to walk the way of gratitude, we're choosing to say, God, I'm choosing to trust you in this situation, this irritation, this place of discouragement. I'm choosing to trust you. It's, um, 
It's not easy sometimes. It's not easy when things are painful. But it is. It is worth it. It is a lot better than the alternative. And those of you who have been in the valley of the shadow of death, you know. You know that in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow, that God gives a peace that passes all understanding. This verse, read it with me if you would, from Philippians. Philippians 4, it's something that I know many of you hold on to. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you know the verse that comes right before that? You know what that little verse says? It says, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. To be grateful for an unanswered prayer, to give thanks in a state of interior desolation, to trust in the love of God in the face of the marvels, the circumstances, obscenities, and commonplace of life is to whisper a doxology in darkness. Dear God, we thank you for inviting us away from the many ways of this world into the way of gratitude. Cause us to walk, to leap, to run, to dance, and sometimes maybe just to simply stand in the way of gratitude. To you be all glory, all honor, all praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.